Well, hello, 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 hello. I'm Taylor. It's good to see you back here again this morning. Today, we're going to be talking about how to never be poor ever, ever again. Or like my spiritual father says, how to never be broke another day in your life. I'm going to teach you what the Bible says about money principles today to ensure that you never go backwards financially, but that you only increase, that you only have more money tomorrow than you had today and than you had yesterday. God has developed his kingdom to be a kingdom of increase, not a kingdom of devouring. The Bible says that the devil is the one who devours. The devil is the one who steals, kills, and destroys. He's the one that comes in and tries to take things from your life, but God comes to increase your life, increase your joy, increase your peace, increase supernatural relationships. And as we're going to talk about today, how God intends to increase you financially. This is a topic that not a lot of people like to talk about. This is a topic right now that is extremely controversial because there's been people that have been openly speaking against the tithe and against the offering and against the way that God has set things up in order for you to prosper financially. So we're going to talk about what the Bible says pertaining to your finances. Let me say good morning to everybody. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, Tanea. Good morning, Megan. I love you guys. Amber, there's not much to talk about. We've just taken morning prayer out. So I know you're going to miss it, but that's all right. It'll come back, I'm sure, later on down the road. We're just making some adjustments. But it's good to see everybody this morning. I'm so glad that you're joining me today. Good morning, Evangelist Taylor and Victoria McCaffrey. God bless you over in Germany. As you're jumping on right now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to give the video a thumbs up. I want you to share it with somebody <clears throat> that needs to know what the Bible says about your finances. And I want you to know that this message is going to change your life today. When you listen to this, whether you're watching it live or you're watching it after it's already posted, you're going to be very thankful that you stayed until the end. I'm going to give you three, at least three, key aspects of God's word that will make sure that you are never poor again. I want you to type in the comments, I will never be broke another day of my life. Hello, Charity. God bless you. I will never be poor another day of my life. And I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter 10. I'm just going to give you a bunch of scriptures. And show you that it's God's will for you not to go backwards financially. I've decided going forward, I'm going to take one day every single week and teach you what the Bible says about finances. Recently, somebody came out, a very well-known preacher, saying that he takes back everything that he said about the tithe and about offerings. Well, maybe not about offerings, but what he said pertaining to the tithe. He's now telling people that you don't have to tithe, that you're now under grace. Therefore, I, I want to give you some... I'll give you a, a supernatural secret here. The number one way to know that somebody is in sin and they're about to be found out, because the Bible says that surely your sin will find you out. 
The number one way to realize that somebody's sin is about to find them out is they start retracking what they've been preaching for 30 years. Anytime somebody preaches something hard and they build a ministry off of it and suddenly they start backpedaling, what that means is that it's not long before their sin finds them out. That there's something goofy that happened along the way and now what they had been preaching, they haven't been keeping to and now they're watching themselves go backwards. So for example, I'm not going to name any names, but if a ministry preached on the power of the tithe, how when you obey what God's word says about your finances, that you won't be broke. When somebody preaches that strong for 30 years, and then all of a sudden they start backpedaling, what that means is that they haven't, number one, they haven't kept to what they've been preaching. Or number two, they've fallen into sin and they're backslidden, which both cases is basically the same thing. So I want you to understand that because God's word doesn't change. Malachi chapter three, verse six says, I am the Lord, your God. I do not change. God doesn't change what he says about tithing. God doesn't change what he says about generosity. God doesn't change what he says about sin. God doesn't change anything. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God said something one way, he expects it to stay that way. God does not change. God said that when you tithe, the windows of heaven will be open over your life. It said that it is something he expects from a healthy Christian, and he doesn't budge with that. Gary Cardwell, good to see you. God bless you. I'm glad that you like the channel. These are three ways to ensure that you will never be poor another day of your life. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, listen to this. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. You can write that down. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. That's right, Amber. All this content is real. Proverbs 10, verse 22. The blessing of God makes a person rich and, ding, 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 adds no sorrow to it. So if riches are coming into somebody's hands and there's sorrow attached to it, it's probably not the blessing of God. That's why you'll see people in Hollywood, you'll see famous musicians, you'll see people that might become celebrities, famous and extremely wealthy, but when you actually get down to their heart, you realize that they're depressed, they're anxious, their life sucks. But then you meet people that have been blessed by God. Somebody like the founder of Chick-fil-A. Somebody like the founder of Colgate. People that have been blessed by God, and they say, man, the blessing of the Lord made me rich, and he added no sorrow to it. My family's set. I now have generational wealth. God's put me in a position to advance his kingdom financially, what we like to call a money ministry. So you can guarantee that when you do what the Bible says to get the results that the Bible has for you, it will make you rich and add no sorrow to it. Somebody type in the comments, God's blessing adds no sorrow to my life. God's blessing adds no sorrow to my life. One more scripture and then we'll move over to the actual message. Psalm chapter 112. That's right, Mercedes. Good morning, Mercedes. I think I saw Logan on here, Colton, Kiernan, Tori. God bless all of my family of faith church. Psalm chapter 112 
Starting in verse 1, Praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. So the Bible says there's a blessing that comes on people when they delight in God's commandments. And this is the result. This is the blessing. His offspring shall be mighty in the land, meaning your kids will be mighty. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. I believe that's our generation. A generation that will live consecrated, live holy, separate from the world. Verse 3, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Those that delight in God's commandments can guarantee that wealth and riches will be in their house. This is not a popular Message, this is not something that uh, many people have the spiritual testosterone, like my pastor says, Pastor Stan, to preach on, but I preach on it. The Bible is true. God's word is true. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. But Smith Wigglesworth said, we are moved by what we believe. And I believe God's word. If God said it, that settles it. That's all I want in my life. If God's blessing adds no sorrow to my life, And when I delight in his commandments, there's wealth and riches in my house. I'm going to do whatever God's word says to make sure that I tap into that blessing. That I'm not broke, my kids aren't broke, my grandkids aren't broke, and that I have plenty of finances to advance God's kingdom. God will put you in a position financially to where you are blessed to be a blessing. That's what he told Abraham in Genesis 12. Not only will I bless you, Abraham, But I'll bless you in order to make you a blessing to the world. You could be a blessing to your family, a blessing to your school. You could be a blessing to your city. And then God will make you a blessing to your state. And then God will make you a blessing to your nation. And then God will make you a blessing globally. Just like he's done with many ministers in the past. God is looking to bless you and add no sorrow to your life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And life abundantly. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to show you what the Bible says about tithes and offerings. And how it changed my life. And I'm going to answer some questions. I think Tia said, I've been tithing for one, one and a half years. I was a Christian for much longer. I'm in a weird financial stall. Is it the length of time I didn't tithe causing this? I think not. But, well, I'm going to see if I can answer that for you. Any questions that you have about tithing and about giving financial offerings... I believe they'll be answered during this live stream. Three ways to ensure that you never stay poor. Make sure you give this video a thumbs up and you send it to a friend and stick around till the end because this last point, point number three, will tie all of it together. Number one, the tithe and the offering. Go to Malachi chapter three with me. Great question, Gary. I'm going to answer that right now. So the misconception with the tithe, which that word tithe means 10%. The misconception with the tithe, the 10% of all of your income, is that people have been preaching that it was under the Mosaic Law. No, it was increased under the Mosaic Law. Not the 10% was increased, but it was enhanced under the Mosaic Law. Meaning that the Levitical priest now had a position 
with which they were to require the tithe from people. But the tithe was a requirement all the way back, I believe, to the Garden of Eden with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There has always been a portion separated from man for God. The reason being is that when God separates some of the blessing and keeps it for himself, requires us to make sure that we give back to him, what that ensures is that money never has our heart. The blessing of God never has our heart. People that tithe can say, I know for a fact money does not own me, but I own money because I ensure each and every week and each and every month and each and every year that I give that 10% that God requires. So money does not have my heart because I give what God requires. Chris Lee, great question. I'm going to tell you now. So listen to this. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. So this is God speaking to his people. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. So there's tithes and there's offerings. And I'll explain them to you in a second. Therefore, you are cursed with a curse. Now, what you need to understand about Hebrew is that there's no causative tense in the Hebrew language. Meaning God didn't throw a curse on the Hebrew people, on the Jewish people, what that word cursed with the curse means is that there was an open door given to the devil to come into their finances because they disobeyed God's word. So that word curse means that because people, because God's people didn't do what his word said about tithes and offerings, it opened a spiritual door for the devil to come in and attack their life. It doesn't mean God cursed them. What it means is that there was a door opened in the spirit for the devil to come in and devour their finances. But God gave them a solution. Listen to this. Verse 9 or verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing so great that there will not be enough room to receive it. That's God's will for you. God wants to bless you so much that you don't have enough room to contain it all. And that's the reality. Verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, and the vines in your field will not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, says the Lord of hosts. Three key things God does when you give tithes and offerings. Number one, he opens the windows of heaven on your life. And when he opens the windows of heaven on your life, he pours out a blessing so mighty that you don't have enough room to contain it all. Number two, he says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. What that means is that Satan will no longer be allowed to come and take your finances. Satan will no longer be allowed to come in and take your family. He cannot devour you if you have a covenant with God by your tithe. Now, you're already under a blood covenant, but there's a separate covenant that comes in with God when you give the tithe in the offering. You're already under blood covenant. You're already going to heaven if you've given your life to Jesus and the blood of Jesus has made you clean. But when it comes to your earthly possessions, <clears throat> the way you stop the devil from coming in and affecting them 
is by tithes and offerings. You now come into agreement with God with your tithe and with your offering that brings a protection around your finances and around your possessions. There's a story, I'll be, sh- I'll be short about this, but there's a story about a great man of God and uh, his daughter had fallen into a pool and drowned. And they pulled her out and she wasn't breathing. And they started doing CPR on her and she wasn't breathing. And they did everything that they could. They called the paramedics and they couldn't resuscitate her. And finally, his spirit man rose up big on the inside of him. And he said, devil, take your hands off of my daughter. I'm a tither and I'm a giver and I will not be devoured. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. And the moment that those words left his mouth, his daughter came back to life. That's a real story. I believe uh, Pastor Mark Barclay, it was his daughter or his granddaughter. Real story. So the devil came in and tried to devour, but he knew the covenant that he had with God. And when he stood on that covenant and he confessed and he let that covenant come out of his mouth, the devil had to release his daughter and the devourer was rebuked for his sake. And number three point. So number one, the windows of heaven are opened over your life. Number two, the devourer is rebuked for your sake. Number three, God's blessing will be so great on you that outsiders, the Bible says, the nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land. People will look at you and they'll say, man, there must be a God and he must be real because they've got the nicest house. They drive the nicest car. They have the best family. They are so abundantly blessed, more than I've ever seen. There must be a God. Hallelujah. I like what Pastor Mark Hankins says. He says, if you ever complain that there's lack in your life, you're accusing God of child abuse. Because God said all of your needs are met according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God will make sure every need is supplied. You are blood blessed. Every need is supplied. God does not abuse his children. He sent his one and only son to die for his children. That they might have life and have life abundantly. And the Bible says if God freely gave his one and only son, how much more will he freely give you all things? God is looking to bless you. God is looking to increase you. Now I've got to cover these last two points. So that's the tithe and the offering. The tithe is 10% of your financial income. 10% belongs to God. So you're not generous until you've given God your 10%. A lot of people like to say, I'm generous, but they're only a 10% or an 11% giver. No, you don't reach generous until after the tithe. Once you start getting into the 20%, the 30% giving level, that's when you become generous. But the Bible says God, when he encounters a generous giver, a joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in their giving, he cannot do without them. And what they sow, they reap. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, they reap in good measure, and they reap bountifully. So when you're a generous person, the Bible says a generous man devises things generously. He gives generously, and upon his generosity, he shall stand. Your generosity will give you a financial platform to stand on and to never be broke another day of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah.
I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in my own life. Pastor, my pastor says, Pastor Stan, he got it from his pastor, Pastor Hankins. God might not always pay on the 1st and the 15th of each month. But God does always make sure that your harvest gets to you. And when he does, God increases you. Chi-Chi said, what if I pay my tithe, but I'm still lacking? I'm going to help you out with that. I'm going I'm to give you an answer. Just hang on with me. Yes, like Amber said, I have an entire series on how to be recession-proof. I have an entire series on how to not be broke. I'm just giving you three key ways to ensure that you never stay poor another day of your life. These are three things that greatly changed my financial life and my financial situation forever. And I've never lacked. Not one day, not one moment. I've never missed a bill payment. I've never missed a meal. I have not gone backwards. I've only increased since I've implemented these three things out of God's word. So there's the tithe and there's the offer. Chris said, where do I offer my tithe? Great question. So your tithe, if you go to a local church, your tithe should go to your local church. If you do not go to a local church, your tithe can be given to wherever you are fed. Because the Bible says, bring the tithe to the storehouse. The storehouse is where you are fed so that there might be food in my house. So wherever you are fed the word of God is where you bring your tithe. Well, there you go, Chris. If you haven't found a church, I encourage you to, to find one. I believe the Lord will bring you to a good church. So wherever you are fed the word of God, if you're not in a local church, that's where you bring your tithe. So for example, there's some people that partner with this ministry and they bring their tithe to Revival Way Ministries because they don't have a local church. Now for me, because of sitting underneath my pastor, I know that it's best that you bring your tithe to the local church because God said, bring the tithe to the storehouse that there might be food in my house. Well, what's God's house? The church. God's church is his house. Are you watching that comment? All right, point number two, the second way to ensure that you never stay poor. Almsgiving. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 7. Almsgiving. This one greatly changed my life as well. Proverbs 28, verse 7. I thought that was the verse. Let me check. Talking about almsgiving. One second, let me find it. Whoever gives to the poor will never lack scripture. That's what we're looking for. 
Proverbs 28, 27. Sorry, Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many a curse. Somebody type that in the comments. Proverbs 28, verse 27. He who gives to the poor will never lack. Do you want to know how to guarantee you don't lack in life? Give to the poor. Now, the Bible says when you give to the poor, you don't have to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So there's nothing wrong with saying that we support a charity, we support a food bank, we support those that can't support themselves. But don't run around like you see people on YouTube that take YouTube videos of them giving $50 bills to homeless men and shaming the homeless men. Don't do that. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm a, give, I'm a giver to organizations that help the poor, but never shame a poor person. But Proverbs 28, 27 says, those that give to the poor will never lack. Wow. This ministry feeds 1,200 kids in other countries that can't feed themselves each month. Now we do other stuff on top of that, but that's just one example. Ever since we started feeding those kids, we have never lacked. When we started taking care of the poor, we have never lacked. We actually increased. Chi-Chi said, I give to the poor all the time, yet I still lack. Uh, I, I don't know, Chi-Chi. Maybe you got to do some soul searching. Because God's word works. But I'll see if I can help you out. Because I genuinely want to make sure that you prosper. Amen. You're welcome, Gary. Those that give to the poor will never lack. So when you give to this ministry, you know that you're giving to the poor because this ministry, through an organization called Feed the Hungry, we feed 1,200 kids every month. So those of you that are financial partners with this ministry, you are not legally in the spirit allowed to lack because you help us feed the poor. And we take care of those that can't take care of themselves. So you can stand on that scripture and you can believe God to see increase and only increase in your life. These are the three ways to ensure that you never stay poor. Number one, give your tithe and give your offering. Number two, make sure that you give almsgiving. Give to the poor or give to a ministry that gives to the poor. Number three, third and final key that I'm going to cover today. Sacrificial giving. You can write down this scripture, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Sacrificial giving. Not just generosity, but sacrificial generosity. Anytime I've given a sacrificial amount of finances to a ministry, God has increased me and blessed me tremendously. Although it's not always easy, it stretches your faith to give sacrificial offerings. But I'm very thankful because every time I have, I've seen increase. In 1 Chronicles 29, David gave $4.5 billion out of his own personal treasury to the building of God's house. Another example is Solomon. When everybody else gave seven bulls as a sacrifice, Solomon gave 1,000 bulls. And when he gave those 1,000 bulls, it says that God appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, whatever you want, I will give it to you, just ask. And Solomon asked for wisdom and he said, because you've asked for wisdom, I'll give you wealth and riches as well. 
He was already rich. He was the son of a king. So when you give sacrificial offerings, God honors that. The Bible says those offerings go up as a sweet fragrance to the Lord. When you give your tithe and you give your offering and you give to the poor and you give sacrificially, you give big amounts to the advancement of God's kingdom, it is illegal for you to be broke. It is illegal for you to be poor. Praise the Lord. And I've seen it in my own life. I've told this story before, but it changed my life forever. There was a time where all I had was $600 to my name. And I needed financial breakthrough in my life bad. And the Lord told me, take $540 and sow it into this, this specific person. And this wasn't even a person that's above me in the Lord. This was just another minister that I didn't know, but they had a need at the time. And I took that seed in my hand. And I gave that $540 to this minister at the time. And when I gave that $540 to that minister, the devil immediately said, now you're not going to be able to pay your rent. Now you're not going to be able to buy groceries. Now you're not going to be able to get home. Now you're not going to be able to take care of yourself. What are you doing? But I just began to laugh in the face of the devil. I said, ha, 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 devil. God is not a man that he should lie. If God said something, it will be established. God does not change. He is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, a man reaps. I know that that seed is producing on my behalf right now. And I know that there's a mighty harvest coming into my hands. And less than a week later, another minister came up to me, shook my hand and gave me $12,000. And changed my life forever. That moment, I remember specifically, it's ingrained in my mind because it took me up to another level. And there was another moment about a year after that where I gave $1,000 to another minister and $30,000 came in shortly after. God is not mocked. If you want to never be broke another day of your life, give your tithes, give your offerings, give to the poor and give sacrificially. And you're guaranteed... To watch God increase you. I'll read you one more scripture. That's right. Brother Colton, he gave his vehicle away and he reaped another vehicle seven months later. No loan, no car payment, absolutely for free. I'm going to read you one more scripture and then I'm going to pray for people. Stick around to the end because I'm going to pray that God blesses you financially. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is the amplified version. Starting in verse 6, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. But he who sows generously so that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. So when you give large amounts, God makes sure that you receive large amounts. Let each one give as he is made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. The Bible literally says that when you're a generous giver to the advancement of God's kingdom, he cannot do without you. He blesses you more than other people. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Verse 8, And God is able to make all grace and every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance 
so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. When I started understanding how powerful it is to sow seed into the advancement of God's kingdom, I started increasing and God started blessing me. And just like Evangelist Yannicka said, every seed matters. She said, God sent me to Africa to missions because years before I had sowing a seed to Africa. That's right. There's two things that you must know. Number one, your seed size matters. Not necessarily the number, but the proportion to what you have. Number two, where you sow that seed. So for example, this ministry, why people get results when they sow into this ministry is because this ministry is getting people saved and we're a generous ministry. You want to know how to identify good soil? A soul winner and a generous person. Our main focus is getting people into the kingdom of God and to be generous to God's work. Therefore, as we get the word out, God gets the money in and he brings in mighty harvest. You'll never be broke another day of your life if you understand these three keys to ensure prosperity. Every day you'll increase, every week you'll increase, every month, every year. You'll watch God take you higher and higher. Always the head and never the tail. Always on top and never beneath. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, I pray that this blessed you today. And just like a good giver, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow financially. Oh, cool. Praise God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow financially today and to put your faith into action. You can act on God's word today the same way that I did those years ago. When God told me to give that $540, it changed my life forever. And God blessed me. So if you've been blessed by this message and you want good soil, this is good soil. I want to encourage you. Ask the Lord what he would have you give today. And watch what God will do with your finances. And I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe God with you. And we're going to come into agreement that God does a miracle in your finances. Just like he's done for me. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for another. So God will do it for you the same way he did it for me. Praise the Lord. As you know, we feed 1,200 kids every month in other countries. And we purpose to get the word of God out each and every single day. We've reached 10 million people on YouTube alone this month already. And we've reached even more people on other platforms. TikTok, excuse me, Instagram, etc. So by giving to the ministry, you help us to advance God's word and to bring in the harvest of souls into the kingdom of God. So I'd encourage you, pray and ask the Lord if he would have you join with us financially to advance his kingdom. And whatever he tells you to give, give it. No more, no less. I mean, you can always give more, but don't give any less. Just obey the Holy Ghost. The different ways that you can give are on Cash App at Dollar Sign Revival Way. You can give at Venmo at Revival Way. You can give through PayPal at Revival Way. And you can give on our website at RevivalWay.com.
I'd encourage you to become a monthly partner with us. The purpose of this ministry is to see Generation Z lit on fire with the gospel. And you can help us with that. You want to go get a towel, Zach? So we appreciate your giving. It makes a major difference. You can give on our website at revivalway.com and click partner financially today. Even if you're somebody that gives $20 a month, $50 a month, some people give $100, some people give $1,000. Whatever you feel led to give, I know God will bless you, and we're very thankful for your giving. So thank you ahead of time, those that are giving. I like to give shout-outs to people that give, so let me give a shout-out to a couple people that have been giving today and in days past. John Stafford, I thank you for your giving. Amber, I thank you for your giving. Amber and Jeremiah, you guys are very generous people. Thank you for your giving. And thank you to those that are giving through Venmo, through Cash App, and through PayPal. I'm going to pray for you that God does the same thing for you that he did for me when I took that $540 and I gave it to that minister and he increased it to $12,000 and even more. And those of you that have businesses, God will do it in your business as well. I have a business owner friend of mine. He was on the live stream yesterday. He took a $1,000 seed. He sent it into the ministry. And when he did, he had his first $15,000 month. And he had more work come in in two days than he normally had in two weeks because God increased him so much. There was another woman that sent $1,000 in, and a couple days later, her boss called her and gave her a $10,000 raise. So this stuff is real. God will bless you. So let me pray for you. Whatever you're giving on, on your phone, on your computer, I just want you to hold it in your hand, and I'm going to pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, every person that sows financially, under the sound of my voice, even people that are sowing after this has been posted, even people that are sowing on the podcast after this has been posted, as their faith is stirred and as they sow now, Lord, I join my faith with them. Increase their seed. We thank you ahead of time for a major harvest. Angels, cause the word to work and cause the money to come. We plead the blood of Jesus over this financial seed. Satan, take your hands off of their money and off of our harvest. And we thank you, we rejoice, we praise you that the money is coming in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, thank you for your giving. It makes a great, great difference. We're very thankful that you've partnered with us in the advancement of the gospel. And like I said, I encourage you, those that feel led, become a monthly partner with us. We really would appreciate it. You becoming a financial partner helps us to reach a lot of people. And it helps to make a difference in the kingdom of God. So thank you again. God bless you, everybody. And I'll see you tomorrow. Be blessed. Adios.